Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Praise God. One thing that I want to challenge all of you, I want to see that all the members in this church live your life for a vision. That is to build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have only one life to live. And this life is relatively short. Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. If you want to please the Lord Jesus Christ, one thing you can do in life is to participate and be involved in building local churches, either in your city here or other parts of the world. You can get involved, you can either go or you stay here, but be involved and help and participate. Amen. Last, last two days, one of the members in the church came to my house and record DVD preaching DVD to send to Las Vegas. And this man came with all the equipment and do the DVD. And I was looking at him. He does not go to Las Vegas. But he helped me to send the sermon to Las Vegas. And that is also the great commission. Everyone get involved in building the church. Amen. Let's lift our hand up and say, Lord, use us, Lord, to fulfill your purpose to build your church in this city, to build a glorious house of God in Jesus' mighty name. And over the world, Father, wherever you send us, we go, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yeah. Amen. Today I would like to talk about submission again or kingdom authority. And this is a very important subject for all of us to understand. Yesterday I was performing surgery in the hospital and I shared this kind of truth with some physician assistant and nurses. And it's amazing that they don't understand this at all. They don't agree that they need to submit to authority. When I begin to talk about that, I find out that, in fact, this subject is so lacking. People don't hear this subject in the Bible. And even people who say that they know the Bible, they don't understand this subject. I know that it's a heavy subject, but I believe that it will bring blessing to you if you can practice what the Bible says. In Romans chapter 13... Verses 1 to 2. Thank you very much for that sound. <laughs> Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. I want to say on the opposite way, those who submit will bring blessing to themselves. How many people want to live a life of blessing? How many people want God to judge you and spank you? Raise your hand up. No one wants to be spanked by God. No one wants to be judged by God. We want to be blessed by God. So one of the things that we need to do in order to be blessed by God is to be submissive to authority. If you missed last Sunday, you can get the sermon from the podcast 
in the near future when it come out after we edit the sermon. It will come out and you learn the first part. But I want to review again that our God created the heavens and the earth. He owns everything and He is the ultimate authority. When you say the word God Jehovah, God of the universe, you cannot separate the word authority from Him. When you see God, you see authority because He has authority. And God takes care of the world by delegating His authority into people's lives. He appoints, He ordains people to do the job for Him because He is the Spirit and He is in heaven. So He anoints and appoints people to look after His people on earth here. He loves His people so much. The authority of God is the manifestation of His love. Because He loves people, He wants to take care of His people by appointing authority. Whether that authority is nice or not nice, but it still comes from God. Before I go on to teach this subject, continue to teach, I want to go back to the basic a little bit. When I talk about submitting to authority, it's not about religious law. It's not about coming to church and I put the law upon you. But it's about relationship with God. We come to God not as a religion, but we come to God with a relationship. We come and want to have a relationship or fellowship with Him. Jesus bought us back from the kingdom of darkness by dying on the cross. He paid the price. He suffered so much so that He can take us out from the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. And after we come into the kingdom of light, the first thing we do is to repent or turn away from our sin and agree with God with what He says. If you always argue with the Bible, if you always say, no, I don't believe in the Bible, I don't agree with what God says, I'm going to agree with my own thoughts, I start to question whether you are really born again. Really born again people will repent and agree with what God says in the Bible. That is a real Christian. Sometimes I feel a little bit concerned as a pastor when I read the scripture. Not everyone who calls him Lord, Lord, I mean called Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, God tried to say that not everyone who sits in the church right now will make it to heaven. You may think you are Christian, but you are not. And you prove that you are a Christian two ways. Number one, you prove by having the fruit of repentance. Your life is changed. You agree with God. If your lifestyle is one way and God say another way, you say, I agree with God. I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to change my thoughts. I change my mind. I'm going to have the mind of Christ and think like God. Amen. So if you're really born again, you need to obey the Bible and you need to really have that relationship with God. That relationship with God is based on two words, love and fear. And God promises that if we love Him, He will be with us. The Father will be with you. Uh, in other words, the blessing of loving God is the presence of God. And no one can compete with you if you have the presence of God. And He said, fear God. There are about 40, something like that. I can read to you one day. 40 promises of blessing of those who fear the Lord. When you fear God, what does it mean? You fear God, it means you really don't want God to be upset with you. You want God to be pleased with you. And the issue of submission is related to the fear and the love of God. You love God so much, you fear God, you want to please Him, therefore you're going to do whatever He says. 
even though it may not be logical in your mind. What we talk today is about relationship with God. It's not religious law. And a lot of time you hear the message that God wants us to be victorious. God wants us to have a lot of money. God wants us to be successful. You know, those things that we're talking about in a lot of sermons are just the sideline. It's not the most important thing. The most important thing in your life is to know God and to become like Christ. Let me repeat one more time. The most important thing is not having a big house. It's not being successful in the job or have a new car. Yes, thank God for the new car. Thank God for the promotion. But that is not the most important thing. The most important thing in your life is to know God. The Apostle Paul said that my goal is to know Christ and His power of resurrection. Today, we want to talk about relationship with God. And we want to really live a life that pleases God and know Him and become like Him. Jesus is the most submissive person in the whole world. He submitted to the Father to the point that He came down from heaven. And he became slave, washing the feet of people, and also taking care of people. And he was so submissive and obedient to death and suffering on the cross. Because he was so submissive, because he was so obedient, God raised him from the dead and raised him up to heaven. And he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. God honored and lifted up the humble and the submissive and the obedient people. When you flow along with His Spirit, when you flow along with His ways, what happens? God will lift you up and honor you. And no man can steal that honor from you and His promotion from you. But the key is that you need to be submissive like the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray all the time. I don't only pray that you will have a job, you have a good spouse. I pray for a lot of single in the church to find somebody that is godly and marry you. I care about single in the church because I know you need. Amen? So I pray for you all the time that you're going to find somebody very godly, maybe rich. <laughs> but if he's not rich, it's okay. When Pastor Da married me, I was very poor. <laughs> so that's okay. So the most important thing is you find somebody who fear God and love God and godly. Money can come later on. The riches can come later on. But that is not the only prayer I pray for all of you. One thing I pray for you is that you will really know God. You really have a personal relationship with God. And you really love God and fear God. And not only that, you will be a man and a woman after God's own heart. What does it mean, a man and a woman after God's own heart? mean a person who really say, God, when God say right, you turn right. God say left, you turn left. Well, God say, change your mind. I say, I, say, I change my mind. I want to chase after the heart of God. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to keep changing and changing from glory to glory to glory to become more like Christ until I speak, think, and walk like Christ. Amen? So today I'm not telling you religious thing, but I'm telling you the heart of God. And the heart of God is to see you become submissive person all the days of your life. Submit to God and the devil will run away from you, will flee away from you. If you submit to God's authority, you submit to His delegated authority. 
Last Sunday we were talking about the first kind of delegated authority. That is the civil authority. We learned that God put delegated authority upon the governor, the president, and police officer, and we need to submit to them. When I drive my car on the freeway, I always watch my gauge, making sure that it's not above 60 to 65. When I was driving on Northeast 8 in Belleville, close to my home, I always watch that it's about 35, not more than 40, because not only that, I'm afraid of the ticket. I'm afraid of the ticket for sure because I don't want my premium to go up. But I also want to be a good citizen to submit to the authority of the government. Amen. And when you honor God, you will honor the man that God appoints and also anoints to lead you in the society as well. You will not just go by what you see and what you hear and what you feel. But you will see the authority in that person. When you see the authority in the person, you see the authority of God. And when you submit to that person, you submit to God. You. This is about pleasing God, not pleasing the man. Amen. So you submit to the civil authority. Otherwise, you bring judgment to yourself. I think civil authority is pretty clear. If you drive too fast, you get the ticket. If you cheat the taxes, you're gonna get into trouble. Clear, you bring judgment to yourself, and God cannot help you because you rebel against authority. But not only civil authority, the Bible talk about family authorities. Book of Ephesians chapter six verses two to three: Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Everyone say with promise. This is a commandment. Come along with the promise. That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. A home in a family, the husband is the head. Husband and wife together is the head or the leader of their children. When you want to have dinner, the parents will not come to the children and say, "Let's vote what kind of dinner we're g o i n g to have." If you have five children, you're g o i n g to lose. They're g o i n g to say ice cream. So I don't ask my children, "Let's vote." Let's go to eat something, and we make decision. I and my wife make decision. Definitely, a good husband will always get opinion and idea from the wife. You will not be dictatorship. When we talk about authority, I'm not talking about dictatorship. That I'm gonna control everybody. I'm gonna tell everybody what to do. A good leader is a servant. You want to serve. You want to do everything for the benefit of the follower. A good dad. A good husband would think about the benefit of the wife and the children before himself. He would sacrifice his the best steak on the plate, would give to the children and to the wife, but not for himself. That is a good leader. Amen. So all the husbands say yes. Amen. Oh, so not very clear. Husband say amen. amen. Best steak to who? To my wife and my children. Amen. You give the best to other people because you are a servant leader. But after you and your wife talking and discussing about what you're gonna do, the bottom line is finally somebody need to make a decision, and the husband or the father needs to make the decision. And once he make the decision, after all the consideration and pray and talk to God, everything, then everyone, including the wife and the kids, say, "Amen. Let's go that direction together." And this submission in the family 
will bring blessing to you. God promises you two things: if you submit to your parents while you are in their home. Okay, I'm talking about kids that are still in the home under the roof of the parents, still get the money from the parents to put gas in to eat their bread and their rice. You submit to your parents. God say that it will go well with you. You will not die young. You will live a long life. You will not get into car accident and die young. You will not get into cancer and die young. Everything that you touch will go well with you. You're gonna get a good job. God gonna guide you and lead you. God gonna bless you because you submit to your parents, because you submit to the authority in your household. Amen. This is a command with the promise. Some of you may argue with me, but pastor, I have seen people who submit to their parents, but they die young. What's happened here? I want to say that you appropriate the promise of God by faith. So every promise of God has to come by faith. At one time, I produced a CD, Healing Scripture. I read all the Healing Scripture, and sent to Thailand, and. I told people that if you listen to this and get faith into you, because faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God. When you hear it, faith gonna go up, and eventually you're gonna see healing into your own body. And I did that many years ago. I read the scripture, I listen to the scripture of healing, and since then I rarely get sick, because I appropriate the healing of God by faith, and faith come by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Now I have faith that God can heal me. So when the sickness come. I command sickness is gone. The same thing. If you want to believe in the promise of God regarding everything will go well with you and you live a long life, you need to have faith for it. You need to believe that okay, the promise of God will become real to me. I give you one example that every promise of God has to be appropriated by faith. Everyone say by faith. How do you get faith? Hearing of the word of God. Amen. If you want. To see your friend saved, don't just throw a party and eat and drink. They will not get saved by just having a party. They need to hear the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Amen. Amen. I even preached during surgery yesterday. I was performing surgery and I preached the word of God to to my physician assistant because they need to hear the word of God. They need to hear what God says so that their faith will rise up. Amen. Look at one example. God promised Abraham to become a great nation. He turned 100 years old and he did not have a baby, but God said, "You're going to have a son, and that son is going to become a father of many nations." And God kept His promise. Abraham hold on to that promise, and eventually Sarah got pregnant and delivered a baby named Isaac. After Isaac grew up. God provided for him a wife. God found a wife for him through the servant of Abraham and his wife named Rebecca. And what happened? The Bible said that even though God gave this woman to him, Rebecca was a barren woman. Rebecca could not have a child. Her womb was closed. So it's interesting. If God promised Abraham and Isaac to have baby, to have more, more, more children. To become a great nation in the world and bless the nation in the world and become an ancestor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why God gave him Isaac, a barren woman? Look at what Isaac did. He appropriated 
the promise of God by faith. In Genesis chapter 25, 20-21, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife. So I want to encourage all of you who are still younger than 40 years old, men and women in this church, it's not too late to get married at 40 years old. Isaac got married at 40 years old. So for, for eternity, age is not that important. Amen. He took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Baden Aram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Rebekah was naturally barren, but Isaac went to the altar and prayed to God by faith and caught the promise of God that my wife needs to be pregnant because you promised me that I will become a father of many nations. And God see his faith, and God answered. Everyone say faith. So everyone say it together with me. I honor my parents. I believe I appropriate by faith that things will go well with me and I will live a long life. The promise of God will be fulfilled. I will not die early. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Another thing that we learn about authority, not only civil authority, not only family authority, but number three, social authority. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 says, Born servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ. God said that we need to submit to our social authority, such as the boss, the employer, CEO, manager, your coach, your teacher at school, your supervisor at work. First Peter 2.18, Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the heart. I remember when I first came to the U.S., I got accepted to University of Washington to be in the residency program at UW in the neurosurgery department. And my boss at that time, the director, the chairman of the Department of Neurological Surgery, one time I say, the Department of Neurosurgery, he corrected me. No, no, no. Mom, it's a Department of Neurological Surgery. So I need to obey him. I need to say what he say. My boss was very, very strong. A lot of people did not like him at that time. They gossip about him. They talk bad about him. But I decided to submit to him. Whatever he say, I submitted to him. One time, I remember, I was in the ICU at University of Washington. And he walked into the ICU, and he looked at me. This is in front of nurses, okay? In front of, this is public. He point his finger to me, and he yelled at me. He yelled, 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 and I was standing there. My face just looked pale. I was very embarrassed. I just say, yes, I'm wrong. I make mistake. I'm wrong. I will not do it again. And I never gossip about him. I never talk bad about him. I submitted to him. Many times he will call me at home and yell at me. <laughs> Maybe I want this doctor to become a pastor of this church and call you and yell at you sometime to test you. He yelled. 
but it doesn't matter. God gives authority to him. I need to submit. Without this man, I would not be standing here today. I owe him. I really value this man because with his mercy to me to get me in the job, I would not go against him. I never talk bad about him. I submit to his authority, whatever he say. And what happened? He keep promoting me. He keep giving me the raise. And within two or three years, I was the second in command of the whole system. I'm, I was the boss. And the second under him among all the residents in the whole system. And when I finished the job, he even found a job for me in Bellevue and Kirkland. You see, submission always brings blessing to you. Never bring bad things to you. Even with a harsh boss. He was not a nice man. He was very harsh. But he's a good man. Don't take me wrong. There is no perfect human in the world. Only perfect person is Jesus Christ. Every single leader in any institution has some flaw and weaknesses in life. Maybe different kind of flaw and weaknesses. Amen. My weakness, I'm not very organized. I'm not an administrative type of person. So I need a lot of, that's why God sent Tai and Yong and a lot of people to come to help me organize this church because I'm not organized. I'm more like a just, okay, I see the head, I shave the hair and I cut open and take the tumor out and I walk away. I'm just more like a hand-on, do the job and I walk away. I don't organize. But God sent people to organize for me. So every leader has some weaknesses. And you don't look at the weaknesses, but you look at the authority that God put into that person. Amen? And that is the key. Don't focus on weaknesses. Every boss has some flaw because they are human. You need to submit to authority because you submit to authority that God gives to them. Now, the fourth of kinds of authority. Number one, civil. Number two, family. Number three, social. Number four, church authority. The Bible says, this is not my own word. This is from the Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, Obey those who rule over you, and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as those who must give account. In other words, this leader, one day have to stand before Jesus and give account or report to Jesus what happened in the church. What did he do? What did she do in the church? Let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. This scripture is so powerful. The Bible says that if you rebel against the church leader, like pastors or elders of the church or delegated authority, for example, you drive into the parking lot and there's a parking person stand there, parking attendant stand there and say, you park there. If you rebel against that parking attendant, you rebel against a pastor. Because I already delegate authority to that person to take care of the parking lot. You need to understand that delegated authority come down. For example, God gives authority to Moses, and Moses gives authority to 70 elders, and 70 elders give authority to other people. So whatever you rebel against one authority in the line of authority, you rebel up everybody, including the 70 elders, and Moses, and God himself. You rebel against everybody above that. God said you need to submit to authority in the church. Why? Because the devil is so cunning. The first thing he wants to do is to 
make your pastor discouraged and lose joy of the ministry and want to give up and pack the luggage and leave town. So many pastors in America have quit being a pastor because they face a lot of problems in the church. The people just rebel and rebel and rebel, and they say, I'd rather go and sell noodles instead of being a pastor. I have some, some idea like that sometimes. I say, maybe I just quit and be just a neurosurgeon, sell noodles. <laughs> this is Thai slang, Thai way to say it. So I just use Thai way. Sell insurance, sell insurance. My, my wife helped me. Not sell noodles, sell insurance. <laughs> Thai people know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> people are discouraged because they, people just come against the leadership all the time. I'm not going to do it. Why? 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 Like this. So eventually the leadership will be discouraged and want to quit and give up. Lose joy. Lose sleep. Pastor Dan know real well. Sometimes I lose sleep at home and feel grief on the inside of me because I heard something in the church. Somebody say something. Or maybe I saw some email. And when I read it and I saw it, I really, the joy of the Lord kind of was kind of stolen from me by the devil. I feel like, oh, instead of, oh, I want to serve more. I want to go on with God. The devil knows that if he can destroy the head of the church, destroy the leader of the church, the church will suffer. That's why the Bible says that it would not be profitable to you. If the pastor or the leader get discouraged and get grievous, then the church will suffer. He cannot preach with anointing. He cannot study the Bible very well. He cannot have time to pray. The devil knows how to destroy the church by raising up a lot of rebellious people in the church. Demon of rebellion will come in and just start to work in people's life and say something bad and try to discourage the pastor so that the church cannot go on. Amen? We need to encourage one another. The civil institution, the family institution, and the work institution or social institution have leaders. Any institution without leader, people will go crazy, do their own things. The same thing in the church. God needs to appoint and need to appoint and anoint some to be leader. Leadership in the church is biblical. But the leadership in the church is a servant. We serve other people according to our gift. The Bible says clearly that it's noble to become an overseer, to pastor and take care of people. 1 Timothy 3.1 says, Here is a trustworthy saying, If anyone set his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. In other words, if you come to me or you go to God and you say, God, I want to be looking after people in the church. I want to be a spiritual helper or shepherd. I want to be a care group leader. I want to be an elder in the church. I want to help Pastor Lao to look after people in the church. God from heaven looked down and said, Good, this is a noble task. One man cannot do everything in the church. And if you try to depend on me alone, you're in trouble because I have limited time. What happened in the church? God anointed pastor. And the pastor appoints and anoints other people in the church who desire to be an overseer, to look after other people. Definitely, those overseers need to submit to the pastor. 
Because each church, God give different vision and give different key and direction to that church. I cannot copy the church next door. I cannot copy the church in another city. God give us our own key, what to do here. I cannot even tell Pastor Num in Bangkok what to do in that church. God going to give him his own key for Bangkok. Is that true? When you have the desire to be an overseer, to be leader in the church, God consider it's a noble task. And we need to submit to those people if they are appointed by God. They are anointed and ordained by God. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers and evangelists and pastors in the local church to lead and train people into the likeness of Christ, into the fullness of Christ. God gave all these leaders in the church to help you to grow. I thank God all these past years that God has used so many people to help me and Pastor Dad to grow. When I first got saved, God used Pastor Dan and Fan Cop from America, from Kentucky. And God used the teacher from America to teach me the Bible. I and Pastor Dad were trained by these two American missionaries for three years in Chantaburi. They trained me. They may not know everything. They may not know about the fire of God. They may not know about the Holy Spirit. But I value them because God put them into my life at that point and I submit myself to them to learn from them. And it's beneficial to me profitable to me because I submit to them. When Pastor Dan Cobb say, Dr. Lau can go to the leprosy village, I go. I obey. I never argue with him. I may not agree with everything he does, but I obey and I submit to him. Amen? Then I thank God that God used other people in the body of Christ. God used all these people to train you to become a man and a woman of God. We thank God for them. Definitely, after you are with this leader for a while, you begin to see their flaw character. You begin to see their weaknesses. And the honeymoon period starts to disappear. And you begin to judge them. You begin to think bad about them and talk bad about them. I want to remind all of you, don't bite the finger of the person who feeds you. It's the worst thing in the world if you bite the finger of your own mom who put the bottle into your mouth every day. That's what happened many times. Christians start to talk bad about their own pastor who feed them every Sunday. Odessa stay at my house. She know how late I sleep on Saturday night and many nights. And this morning she woke up, she saw me reading the sermon again, praying, preparing for this Sunday. I give my life to this church to get the message ready on Sunday. And I spoon feed you. But if you, you think God going to take your side or my side, I'm sorry to say God going to take my side because I live my life for him to build this church. And I have given up a lot of things for this church. If you bite my fingers, you gossip about me, you rebel against me. God's not going to take your side. I'm sorry to say that. God's going to take the side of the leader who give his life to serve the Lord, to build his church. I want to be a man after God's own heart. The honeymoon period is over for some of you. You may start to see my weaknesses. 
all the pastor weaknesses in the church, Pastor Caesar, Pastor Sice, Tyson, all these people, they are not perfect. But don't look at that. Look at the anointing. Look at the, the authority that God put into their life. Amen? A lot of people say, I have the spiritual gift called the gift of discerning of the Spirit. Oh, I can discern that Pastor Caesar did this wrong. I can discern that Pastor Lau did this wrong. He has weakness in his life. I can discern. I want to tell you that it's not discern, that it's criticized. I want to tell you, how do you know that it's discernment or criticism? I read the scripture for you. Philippians 1.9 And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Every time you begin to criticize or say discern about the weakness of the pastor, let me ask this question. Are you willing to die for that pastor yet? Because the Bible says that discernment has to be done in love. And the Bible says if you love somebody, you're willing to die for that person. Every time you start to criticize and say bad things, and you want to get rid of that person, and you want to make that person's reputation down, you are not loving. You are walking in hatred, and you may not be saved. Because the Bible says those who are saved, those who have new eternal life, will not hate brother and sister. The Bible says clearly that if you walk by love, if you have eternal life, you will not hate your brother and sister. People who have the Spirit of God will love people. If you cannot love brother and sister in your own church, you cannot love your pastor, who else you going to love? No one else you going to love. Is that right? Three out of four things that Paul told Timothy to do is about correction. Second Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. So we have to rebuke sometime in the sermon. Amen? If you go to church and your seed never get hot, you will never grow. Sometimes you start to get heat down here. Because the sermon is so strong. A lot of you say, oh, I stopped getting fed in my church. I never grow anymore. I never learn anything in my own church anymore. You know why you don't learn? It's not the problem of the pastor. The problem is your own self. Because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you're willing means submissive and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Once you have lost the respect and submission to the authority upon your life, you will not learn anything from that man. Period. This is the scheme bad scheme of the enemy. He would try to do everything in your life to not submit to me and to start to see weaknesses in my life and just use magnifying glass and see all the weaknesses instead of looking the good things in my life and in the pastor life. And that magnifying glass come from hell so that you will not get fed anymore in the church because you are not willing and obedient anymore and you will not eat the good of the land in this church. If you want to eat the good of the land, you need to be willing and obedient. If you struggle today about this issue, I want to encourage you. Simple remedy. Repent. Agree with God that 
I am wrong. I have become too critical against leadership, against pastor, against things that happen in the church. I begin to talk bad about them. I gossip about them. That's why I don't eat anything. That's why I don't eat the good of the land here. And I'm sinning against God. I make them grieve. I make them feel bad to serve God. I'm going to repent and say sorry to them. If you criticize Pastor Caesar, you should go and say, I'm sorry, Pastor. I have been thinking bad about you. Repent and say, I'm sorry. And God is going to restore you. You will never get restored until you agree with God and repent of your sin. You know, I say like this, don't take me wrong. I'm not attacking anybody because I got tempted to do the same thing. One time, I saw a preacher who come out. This preacher really blessed me a lot, spiritually. I start to hear the voice of the devil to criticize, to think bad about that pastor. I got tempted to, to begin to criticize. You know why? The devil knows that if I begin to lose my respect for that pastor, I will not learn anything, and I will shut my ear off. I will not grow anymore. I have to fight. I have to resist the devil. I have to make a decision to die to my flesh. And I need to agree with God and repent and say, God, I'm going to respect the anointing on this man. I'm going to submit to him in this meeting and I will not fight against him. And I got delivered because I made that choice. Every one of us faced this issue, including me. I'm not attacking any particular person. I think we all get this attack. Because the devil knows this scheme that how to get rid of you from the church and how to stop you from growing by not submitting and respecting and honoring the authority that God put upon your life. Amen? I'm going to stop here and continue next time. I will not tell you which Sunday I'm going to preach about this so you cannot avoid me. Oh, I will wait until you show up then I preach again. I think that some of you were me thinking, Pastor, I think next Sunday you're going to preach this. I'm going to be off vacation for a Sunday. And I don't see you. I'm going to wait for you. I preach another. I prepare two messages. So I preach another message and wait for you to come back. Amen. Oh, I love you. That's why I need to tell you the truth. Because I want to see you blessed, successful, and be used of God. Amen. Pass the test. Pass this test so that you can be powerfully used by God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I know, Father, this is a hard food, a solid food and hard to eat. But, Father, we believe that those who are willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Father, today, we ask you to help us to repent and to turn around, agree with you, and start to love, honor, submit, and obey the authorities that you have put upon my life, Lord. Lord, I want to resist the devil, this temptation of coming against leadership in any institution. Help us to be like Christ, to be submissive, Lord. I do all these things, Father, for your sake, because I love you so much. Thank you, Lord, 
I want to give you a few minutes to really talk to God. If you have any grudges, or you have any things against leadership or authorities in your life, whether family, government, social, at your workplace, at school, or in the church, maybe your director in the department that you work with here in the church. You say, God, today I make a decision to love them, to honor them. They may not be perfect. I'm not going to focus on their imperfection. I'm going to focus on their dedication. They dedicate to God to serve us here. I'm going to pray for them instead of criticizing them. I will keep praying for them and loving them, Father. I repent of my sin, Father. I want to change. I want to move on into more maturity, Lord. Help me, Lord. If some of you here today are not sure that if you died, you will go to heaven, the Lord said to you that He died for you on the cross. He paid for the penalty of your sin. If you invite Him, and accept Him into your life, your sins will be forgiven. And you can have eternal life and have life on earth more abundantly. Accept Jesus into your heart. Have a soft heart. Open to God. Don't say no to God today. Say, God, yes, I want you to into my life. If you want Jesus to come to your life, raise your hand up and say, God, I give my life to you today. Raise your hand up. If you want Jesus in your life, raise your hand up. Today, if you say you repent and you want God to help you to be submissive and willing, raise your hand up and say, God, sometime I have wrong attitude. Help me. Raise your hand up and say, God, help me, Lord. Help me. I'm going to be submissive to you the authorities in my life, my parents, my boss, leaders in the church, Father. Help me, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Why don't we all stand up? Father, I pray for this congregation that your Holy Spirit will work in their life. May your word today become a reality of their walk. May you help them to have intimate relationship with you in the love and the fear of God. Father, help them to overcome temptations of rebelling against the delegated authorities, Lord. Lord, help them to be submissive. I pray, Father, that shall be blessed and blessed and blessed. They shall see the favor of God in their life because they learn how to submit. And Father, I pray also for leaderships in this church, whether they are church leaders, teachers, husbands, parents, boss. Whatever authority they have, or even manager in their workplace, 
I pray, Father, that there will be godly leaders. They will represent God in the right way. They will not exercise authority in the wrong way and abuse that authority, Father. Help them to be kind and loving and sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Help them, Father, to be a godly leader. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the people say, Amen. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 